Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Something's lurking at the edge of the park People be warned, people beware There's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair Hear him cry, hear him howl Looking for someone to disembowel Claws like a hook, eyes like coal Feet so big they're gonna crush your soul They call him Sasquatch This is Yowie Central. Welcome to the show. You're on 94.9 Main FM and you're with Sarah Bignall. This is the community radio show where we bring you the latest on Yowie research in Australia. And we delve into the vast and endlessly fascinating realm of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, cryptozoology from here and around the world. And we go into all sorts of weird stuff, paranormal encounters, UFO sightings, you name it. And don't forget, this is a community radio show, which means you are all part of this Yowie Central community and the Main FM community. You're all welcome to contact me if you've had a Yowie encounter or you've had freaky experiences in the bush with orbs or Min Min lights or UFOs or anything else kooky and spooky. Get in touch with me via yowiecentral at gmail.com or via the Yowie Central Facebook group if you have a story to share. We're heading to the United States this week for a chat with Vali. Vali is the creator of a sky and nature observation YouTube channel called Lavender Sky Panther and it's dedicated to the study of anomalies, oddities and unexplained phenomena in the skies above Miami, Florida. 
Vali also had her own Sasquatch encounter when she was a teenager and has so much fascinating information in her head, I could have kept talking to her for hours. We didn't even get to her ghosts and spirits and demon encounters, so hopefully she'll come back on the show soon. And I also couldn't quite squeeze in the whole interview into this week's show, so I'll play the rest next show. Listeners, meet the amazing Vali. Vali, welcome to Yowie Central. Thank you, Sarah. It's um, very exciting and fantastic to be here with you today. Now, you have uh, a fantastic YouTube channel called Lavender Sky Panther, uh, which is a sky and nature observation channel. And you narrate collections of images that you've taken each week of the skies in Miami and all the anomalies, oddities and unexplainable phenomena that happen up in the sky. Um, <laughs> so which is, which is absolutely fascinating. And I, I highly recommend to my my listeners, that they check out Lavender Sky Panther on YouTube. It's uh, quite an amazing site. And I, I learned, as I mentioned to you in the email the other day, I learned so many things just watching <laughs> one, of your, one of your shows. It was amazing. Um, oh, thank you so much. You're such a fascinating person and we, you have so much to discuss. Uh, but I think we've narrowed, <laughs> I think we've narrowed it down to maybe start with you had a Sasquatch encounter uh, yourself Indeed. back in... 1984? 1984. Yeah, can you tell us about that? Sure. It was in Brevard, North Carolina. And I'm going to say something that I've looked up recently because this did happen in 1984. I was about 14 at the time. And I don't mind if people do the calculations. You can know how old I am now. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) uh, doing a little more digging, the reason uh, this is so timely, Sarah, that this is coming up now. And again, I, I extend my heartfelt thanks to you for having me on the show is that there are no accidents or coincidences, I don't believe. And for some reason, this encounter has really been prominent on my mind lately. And in fact, I even talked to somebody we'll, we'll get to later, um, who is very much, very much in tune, let's just say, with the spiritual realms and whatnot, just to get some better insights of what exactly happened back at that time. So we'll get into the, the account as it happened. And then I'd like to touch on that a bit too, about some fascinating insights that came out through this whole thing of having a, a recall come up at this time about the, the Yowie experience, which, as I'm sure most of your listeners already know, in the North America, I'm based in Miami, Florida, we refer to the Yowie as Sasquatch. But actually, I prefer the Australian term of Yowie. I love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <Do you? laughs> um, Anyhow, um, so we're going back to 1984 in Brevard, North Carolina. Now, I lived in Miami at the time. Um, Brevard, North Carolina, what I was going to get to, and this is not a joke, because I know you deal with the paranormal and other things on your show, Sarah, but it's located in Transylvania County. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I don't think I need to explain to anybody who, who, who's found in Transylvania, or at least in the lore. But anyway, it's it was near the Pisgah National Forest at the foothills of the Blue Ridge mountain range and we had gone on a family with family and family friends it was a trip in the summer I did not want to go just as a little (laughs) preface Mm -hmm. I really did not 
to go. If you can imagine a girl at that age where your friend network is everything, your little social network. I suffered from car sickness. I didn't want to go up in the mountains. I was a beach person. <laughs> Anything you can throw at it, I did not want to go. <laughs> now I have a different perspective. The woods are beautiful, don't get me wrong. But that's that's where I was coming from. And also keep in mind back then, there was no cell phone, no internet. I don't even think there was fax. <laughs> so, and any you know phone calls, if I could get my hands on a phone, would have been astronomically high in price and prohibitive. So that's why I was kind of really bummed out, let's just say, as a kid not wanting to go. <laughs> Anyhow, we, we get there. We'll fast forward a bit. We get there. We've been there uh, a couple of weeks. And on one of the nights, it was just a couple of days before we were set to depart back to Miami, um, we were a family a member and I were sleeping in a large room. And there were two separate beds spaced about eight feet apart in the room and they were situated in the room parallel with some sliding glass doors and behind us where the headboard would be was a you know obviously the wall perpendicular to the glass which was overlooking by the way an overwhelmingly beautiful breathtaking view of the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains and there was a little wooden deck out there past the glass and then it was just a drop off and overhang straight down to really far below and that's that's um, pertinent that becomes something you know you'll see why I'm mentioning that later but anyway so there's like a band horizontal band window going over our heads and that's like starting at about five and a half feet above us you know if you're laying down on the bed and no glass um it was just screened in windows and the person that we were staying with she had been staying there alone for a couple of weeks ahead of us and she's like oh just leave the sliding glass door wide open um you know it's fine nothing you know and i'm you know coming from the city and i'm like well won't like a, a raccoon or like a snake come wandering in i don't feel comfortable with that <laughs> and she's like no you're just being you know oversensitive don't worry about it and i'm like uh, looking at my other family member like i'm not okay with this are you so long story short after the friend left you know we closed <laughs> the sliding glass door just do about a five inch crack, you know, that's, and even then I wasn't feeling good about things, but regardless. So that's all important because I couldn't, you know, get to sleep right away. So we're both lying there kind of looking at the ceiling and we had just finished chatting for, you know, it had been about 10 minutes of silence. And then all of a sudden uh, from behind me, I hear, um, it was like a, it's hard to explain. I first heard some heavy footsteps kind of dragging through gravel and it was like whoever it was, because at that point it wasn't yet clear until some more signs came up, that it was like somebody kind of facing the wall where we were, kind of listing forward onto the bearing down onto the left leg. And the right leg was kind of like it was like a step with the left and a dragging with the right. And then in comes this really loud, heavy breathing with a little bit of a rasp snarl at the end of it. And at that point, I was so confused because, first of all, I'm a night owl and my ears always perk up at any noise. It's like I could be a, a you know overnight watch guard anywhere. It's just like I will not go to sleep. I hear everything. <laughs> and so what, what caught my attention was, okay, this thing is massive. Just And I know I couldn't see out the window at this point, but the feeling, I'm very intuitive, the feeling was you know, this thing is really tall and combined when I started to hear the breathing, the breathing was like equal with the windows or higher. And it felt like this thing was hunched over again, kind of listing down onto the left leg. And so I hear this massive breathing and I'm like, okay, I don't know how I know this, but that is not a bear. And anyway, it's on twos. It's not little padding on footfall, you know, little footfalls on fours. And I'm hearing two steps and I'm hearing a dragging. And it was like, not that it was wounded, but it just, it just even felt like this thing was tired, like exhausted, whatever it was. And at that point, I'm like, 
it's not a man. It's not an animal. Is it? What? 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 Because <laughs> at that point, I never believed in a Sasquatch or Bigfoot. That didn't even cross my mind. So I'm like, okay, but this is not computing. <laughs> Something does not compute here. It was breathing so loud and had this, you know, a little bit of snarl to it. Very, very loud. And so at that point, I look, I look over to the family member and I'm like, hey, <laughs> like at a loud whisper, do you hear that? And I was panicked because it was not a very long stretch footstep wise for that thing to get to the, where the sliding glass door was open. And so at that point, I almost didn't care if it heard me, but I was like, hey, you know, do you hear that? And my relative was like, yeah. And I'm like, what is it? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. And at that point, I'm the type of person who in the face, in face when facing fear, I go for it. Like, I'm, it's like, if it's going to be you or me, I'm sorry, you're going down. <laughs> like, I'm going to defend myself. I'm not going to sit there and wait in the corner. And this actually happened, a little the sidebar here. We had a hurricane and all the power was out for over a week. And we did have looters come to my window and tried to come in. And I went up and slammed it on them and everything. It, it's a whole other story. So when it's fight or flight, I fight. I just come <laughs> out. I'm not going to sit there. So that's important because I was ready, kind of bracing myself to get up, run to the glass and slam it because my family member was the closest one to the glass. And I'm also got that protector guardian streak. And I'm like, no way is anyone going to hurt one of my own or, or anybody I know or even a stranger. So anyhow, I hear the, the snarl breathing, but then and the dragging and the gravel. And then all of a sudden it stops. It goes dead silent, the noise. And at that point, I would say that the figure, whatever this thing was, because I'm still trying to process and, and explain it to myself, a justification of what this could be, because it's not adding up. It stops in between where our beds are. Of course, on the other side of the wall, I'd say it was anywhere between six and 10 feet away, you know, between where we were and the other side of the wall. And I'm like, okay, what now? What is it doing? Is it going to lean in and look or what is it doing? So anyhow, it was just silent. And then right about that time, my mind's still wondering, like, what's going on? I all of a sudden feel my blood turn ice cold. And I mean ice, like, I, like someone going to the freezer or the cooler, getting a big picture of ice water, pouring it through, pushing it through the veins, moving slowly down my right arm, down to the forearm. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I've never had this happen before. I am, no other word to explain it or describe it, but petrified. When somebody says you're petrified, <laughs> that was petrified. I could not move. Everything was like lead. And I have never before or never since had that reaction. And I've been in dangerous situations since then or fearful ones. Anyhow, long story short, I could not for the life of me get to that glass door. My mind was like, you must go. And my body was like, you're not moving. And so that that really freaked me out. And then on top of it, I didn't know what this thing was doing. And then at that point, my mind is like, well, is this just some crazy guy with a shotgun, you know, and this is it, <laughs> you know, but I'm like, no, I kept defaulting back to it was more animal like there's something just not right about this. It didn't sound like a human. It kind of did with the breathing, but more animal, but somewhere in between. So long story short, we're frozen. And I'm just like, okay, whatever's going to happen. I'm going to see this big, black, scary silhouette of a man or something, you know, at the window any moment. But it didn't come. Waiting, waiting. Didn't see anyone at the door. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, it should already, this person or whatever it is should be there by now, right? So nothing. And then about that time, uh, my relative sees a beam of light come down from the opposite side of where this thing was. 
and shine down on the deck. And what was bizarre about that was it was coming down at such an angle that there's no way it could be headlights from anyone coming up on the road because the, the, the whole house blocked where the road was. And there's no way it could have been a person standing with a flashlight or you guys call it a torch, I understand, um, because right. of the yeah. angle. The angle and the person would have to be an expert at levitating over a valley because there was no ground and there was no way they could shine it at that angle. And I didn't see it specific because at that point, my mind is still like computing something that will never, you know, jive um, as I'm looking at the wall. And by the time I looked over, it was gone. And it didn't like, you know, translate through the room like a car coming up with like the lights would kind of carry over through the room. It didn't do that. It just vanished. At the same time, I'm like, hey, where's our friend? <laughs> because I didn't hear any footsteps trailing off back toward the road away from us or back into the woods away from us, nor to the, the deck. It was just like gone. I didn't hear a peep, not the breathing, nothing. And so it vanished about the same time as this beam of light. So, of course, I think some of your other, you know, people have experienced different unique things with this phenomenon. You know, you just kind of, you, when you can't justify it, you you either become like fearful for life or you just kind of tuck it away somewhere in a folder in the back of your brain and you're like, okay, since I can't label it, we'll just put it back there for a while. And so that's pretty much what happened. I've just tucked it away and it's been like in dormant storage somewhere until now there's been something, you know, pulling it up. And I, I know the reason why, which we can get into later, but all that to say, this encounter was very fresh on my mind. And then about the same time, something led me to find this uh, psychic intuitive and it just so happened she's from Australia and then I through that kind of thought let me learn more about Yowie's and then I just happened to find the channel you're affiliated with on YouTube and then all of this just happened to line up and so there's a very exciting portion about even the psychics take on this that I'd like to share, but I know I've been rambling, so I don't know if you want oh, to no. inter interject. <laughs> no, no, I'd love to hear about it. So, I, yeah, absolutely. So how, how fascinating and frightening at the same time. There's one little tidbit I forgot to mention. So after there was nothing, you know, we eventually kind of thought out, or at least I did, and we excitedly woke up the host of the place demanding she call the police or the guard at the gate. And she's like, there's nothing here, you know, whatever, what's going on? So she's annoyed that we want to call the police. I'm annoyed that she could care less. And because we know what we heard. So then the guard from the guard gate comes up and he's like, ah, there's nothing around here. Don't worry. You're just paranoid. You're from the big city, you know. <laughs> and then three other police officers come. So I'm thinking to myself, well, it can't be nothing if three other police officers come. But anyhow, <laughs> that just was a little follow up. So it's like, oh, yeah, it's nothing. You know, meanwhile, we know deep down, of course, you yeah. know, it's something. Exactly. Um, anyway, so now I will pause. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. No, 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 that's fine. So. So afterwards, I'd, I'd love to hear this this connection, this Australian connection then. So you you just stumbled upon serendipitously a psychic intuitive who happened to be from Australia and they had some really interesting insights as to what's going on with regards to Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yowie, the hairy man phenomena that's all over the world. Yes, absolutely. And so I found her, and if it's okay to mention, I would love to give her credit. It's... Yeah. um. Her name is Solretta Ontaria, and her website is www.solrettapsychicreadings.com, and it's just S-O-L-R-E-T-A-A-N-T-A-R-I-A for anyone who wants to know. I highly recommend her. 
for anybody that's had an experience that they're not feeling good about because the insights that come through her, I'm still, I'm still, they're just no words. And, you know, you know, I ramble on and on, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> and I'm speechless for what she tapped into. So she's extremely gifted. And just to back up a second, I've had a uh, pretty much a massive, you can call it, you know, great awakening or spiritual awakening back in in 2010, when basically my entire life cracked open, everything kind of went away. And I would always like to say it cracked open and fell apart. So things could fall back together in the way they really meant to. So at that time, I had a high powered job gone, I had a marriage gone. Um, I had something else left to the house. (laughs) And so when people like hit that, it all went away at the same time, you could think, wow, that's the abyss. That's like an abyss moment in your life. And it is, but man, that's the time when you really crack open and open your mind and open up everything if you accept that invitation to do that through those circumstances to get at what are you here really for, your mission in life or your purpose. I think a lot of people at a certain point go, why am I here? I know it's not to go work nine to five, pay taxes, pay bills and do this. There's so much more to it. Absolutely. And so anyway, all I had to say is through that cracking open over the past um, 11 years, That has also guided me to seek out and talk to extremely very gifted. I don't even like the word psychic. It's more like intuitive or spiritual guide or like earth, um, earth spiritual guide. Um, Because when you find the right ones, boy, you really start to unlock some very fascinating things about yourself that really, really, you know, you need to discover which you can't when you're on the rat race or the hamster wheel of, you know, nine to five and do this and do that. All the things don't really don't really matter. And you find the things that really do matter are connecting with nature and understanding your spiritual gifts within you. And so when people say, yeah, I want to know who I really am. It's not like, oh, I'm 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 a role like a job or this or that. No, it's you are you know, you can consider yourself a spiritual being having a human experience. And, you know, people often talk about often talk about this in metaphysic circles or you consider yourself just a 3d being having a a spiritual experience so you know which way are you going to look at it and depending on which way you look at life you're going to have a totally different experience so i choose the i'm a spiritual being having a 3d you know tactile human experience because man the possibilities are endless what you can discover and that being said so i found uh, Silretta. Uh, I, I can't even quite connect how I found her. <laughs> I'm trying to trace back. But it was one of those things you're looking on YouTube, one thing leads to the other. And this is kind of a little bit of a bridge with the beam of light and the Yowie, the Sasquatch, to the, I know a lot of people report that there's like a Sasquatch and then they've seen a UFO. You know, there's some kind of, they don't know if they're connected or separate you know, what they're happening, why they happen to be in the same vicinity around the same time. And I was looking around on the internet for anybody else kind of see a beam of light in a, <laughs> in a creature at the same time. And somehow that led me to her site because she's very much in touch with and open to the whole ET realm and the idea of star seeds. And I'm probably going to throw out some stuff that might not make much sense and we can talk maybe later about it. But anyway, this is important because I needed to find someone who was open to the idea of ETs and Yowies and everything else in between. And, you know, I know you mentioned on other shows, somebody somebody had mentioned, one of your guests, that's probably not a great idea to go to just a traditional psychiatrist. No offense to any psychiatrist out there yeah. um, or psychologist about your event, because if you're not open to 
much greater things in the spiritual realm, that's kind of not going to serve you if they're very much into parts and pieces and 3D and, oh, that must mean that you have this character trait or whatever. No, you need to blow it way open and open the mind and expand it and, and deal with people who can tap into things much more easily than if you're just learning how to do it yourself, you know, with the spiritual side of things. Anyway, long story short, I found her <laughs> and she uh, she connects with the ET side of things. She can speak a light language, which flows through her from kind of like the ET or other realms. Very fascinating. Wow. If you look, you know, she's about. So once I saw that, I'm like, bing, she's my girl. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, have a session. And I always love to explore and do these sessions, even if it's just to, you know, either for when you're in the dumps and get encouragement, I find going to these spiritual readers fascinating. And sometimes they come up with some really great ideas I never would have thought of. They're like, yeah, you're like in central Florida, but it's winter. It's like ice cold. And I'm like, okay, it will never get like, they said like snowing. And I'm like, no, no, it's never going to snow there. I don't, they're totally missing it. Right. And then I put it together. There was a reason why I needed to go see emperor penguins. And there's, they were only there at this one specific place at this park. So I'm like, wow, they got Got it, but I would have really thought about it. So anyway, I'm just illustrating that it's sometimes just fun to go have some some readings. Mm -hmm. Nothing needs to be wrong. Nothing needs to be like, oh my gosh, I have to solve this mystery. But in this case, I did want to solve a mystery, and she was she was game, no pun intended. So. Um, <laughs> So we have a chat and I said, you know, we've talked about a bunch of things and a bunch of experiences, including UFO experiences I've had in, in dream state, which turns out they may have been real. That's all another story. However, we start, I started mentioning, you know, there, and, I, and I did it a little cryptic on purpose just to see if she'd pick up on it uh, without my, you know, like leading the witness. And I just said, yeah, I had this counter and there was like this big, you know, I don't know if it was like I no, it wasn't a bear, but it was like this. I, I just wasn't sure. And she goes, oh, a yaoi. I'm like, oh, okay, go, go, go for it. You know, she clearly got it right on track. And so what came out of her perspectives with it was very interesting. So she said, like, and she was even kind of mystified because something like this scenario hadn't really ever come up in her readings before. And she's like, you know, it's almost like this being sensed you even prior to going on the trip. It had like a tracking sense, like even when you're contemplating going, it may have been involved. And then when you actually got there, it was just kind of seeing, you know, what, what everything was about and, and observing us. And it could have been like, I'm going to kind of, uh, it may seem like a little offshoot, but this is re really relevant. And it might have come up to you, you know, up toward the cabin or the house. A little like the prince coming upon the princess asleep in the forest, like a curiosity and a wonder at the energy signatures and the light emitted because I do have a capacity and I've really been noticing it now lately in the last couple of years that I'll be walking through a grocery store and I could be down in the dumps, have a really crappy day, really bad mood or sad. And all of a sudden people light up around me and they're smiling and looking at me like in childlike wonder. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? Because I'm not feeling very high vibed at the moment. And there's just this inner light that shines beyond my control. And, and it's kind of like she was saying, like these people are getting like little bliss hits. They're like in a little bit of trance. They're feeling the God presence and essence. It's a very beautiful thing. And that ties into a very real thing uh, mentioned in books by Dolores Cannon. I highly recommend people go look at her work. Uh, there's a book called The Three Waves of Volunteers in the New Earth. 
And that's a whole other subject on its own. But she talks about there being three waves of people that come. And her clients were people that came to her kind of like instead of doing hypnosis, it was deeper than that. And they, they used it for healing called quantum healing. And she would put them in somnambulistic trance state. So that's that's the deepest form of, of being out of it, essentially, where your subconscious isn't trying to override and explain and fill in details. You're like, so like she's just dealing with the superconscious and the thing like your higher self, which isn't going to interrupt and cease the full picture. So anyway, um, she talks about the three waves of volunteers. And one of them is that there seem, there seem to be a trend of people coming through. The, the first one, the older ones that are probably like in their 60s or 70s or older now that came to earth to kind of tear down walls and old paradigms that no longer serve humanity or the highest good for the planet. And then the second wave are the generators, the antennas, the uplifters, people that just naturally generate and anchor positive energy and light here to assist with the ascension of the planet. And then there's the third wave of the ones that just kind of come in and bask in the sun, so to speak, and keep that good the good vibes going, right? <laughs> so I think I have like one foot in the first wave, tearing things down, one foot in the generating, because that t- made total sense to me, because I'm like, this has been a mis- mystery in its own for me for the past couple of years. Like, why are people lighting up? This is kind of weird, but okay, it's good. It's positive. But what, what am I doing uh, without knowing it? And so that's all to say that probably I could have been generating such a light and it was curious, right? Now, taking her perspective a little bit further, I thought, you know what? Let's flip the script on this. I know our first initial thing is, oh, my God, a yaoi, I'm scared, or you know, Sasquatch, oh, my God, it's going to kill me. Why don't we ever think like, oh, my God, it's an amazing interdimensional being, and this is pretty amazing. Um, let's just we'll see what happens, right? Um, you know, I know people are in more threatening situations, but in this one, it's just like, okay, what, why is it showing up, or why is it letting itself be seen to me? There's got to be you know, some real magic in that. It just doesn't show itself to everyone. So my my take on it is I got a feeling in my encounter, I always had the overwhelming feeling that, okay, that was a little weird. Um, I didn't like the snarling and, and whatever, but it didn't come to the door. And after it just vanished, I still had a sense that it wasn't going to do any harm. And now, given the the take that the, the psychic brought into it too, if she said, that, you know, um, I do get that it was tall and she mentioned the height and it felt dark and stringy, hairy like. And I, I got that same impression at the time. And she goes, um, but, you know, that light could have been something that would have come closer to you had it not been for the Yowie being there, had it not been for the Sasquatch. And that got me thinking. I was so happy that came through the reading because, you know, the ice-cold veins, she said, yeah, they have powers, tele- telepathic powers, and they can, it wouldn't surprise me that it could freeze you. And, but, you know, for my protection. And, and I thought that makes total sense. The paralysis could have been generated by the Sasquatch to protect me or us to mask our heat signature from being picked up or sensed by whatever that UFO was. Because I'm going to call that beam of light a UFO. I don't know what else it could have been. Um, and he may have like thwarted an attempt or, or led the thing away from us or whatever, right? That, or let's go a little bit further, you know, maybe they were working together and that's the question, but I didn't get that sense. It could have been that, you know, the, the thing, the UFO came up and then boom, it was time for him to go and he vanished up into the ship. But I don't think that was the case. I think they independently vanished and that might have been the relationship. So the point is, it almost doesn't matter for me personally definitively to know exactly what happened. 
I'm just so excited through um, Solretta's, you know, insights to even be able to look at three different scenarios, or there could even be more of what was going on. But it was absolutely an affirmation, you know, that the, that the, the event took place. Then the most magical experience came at the very came at the very end of that after we talked about that. Um, then she was picking up on a being coming through. And it was a Yeti, a white one, and it even guided her to do a drawing of her, which she did do, um, because with her reading, she also does like aura drawings when you start out to, to you know, mm-hmm. tell you what your aura is and what, what energies you're in. And anyway, so this being, spirit being, comes to her through our, our talk at the end, and it was a white Yeti. She has a clear picture of her. She's beautiful. And she came with like an invitation, a flower, kind of like the ones, if you've seen the movie Avatar, the one with the blue panther people, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the the beautiful tree of life or whatever it was called, you know, those beautiful wisp-like uh, gorgeous little phosphorescent flowers coming down. That's kind of what she said she was holding. And that was interesting because I've never thought, okay, so the invitation was to communicate with her if I wished, like in dream state or meditative state or whatever. And whenever you do that uh, with a being, you just make sure you you envision yourself protected and like golden light or white light or whatever, if you want to do that. Now I'm not, I'm kind of like a little like, ah, you know, I don't know if I want to go that far. You know, some people astral travel and do all these things. And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm spiritual, but I'm okay. Like if anyone's familiar with the movie Star Wars, I'm like, I don't mind being like a Luke Skywalker. I do not want to be Yoda. <laughs> but my life path is saying, you're going to be Yoda. And I'm like, no. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> and so I have hesitated, although everyone does astral travel, by the way, when you're dreaming, apparently you do do it. Really? And so that's a whole other story, a whole other topic for a whole other time. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to write that down for next time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you know, I have a bullet list of like 100 points to, to show you anyway. But this is all we fascinating. Have a, we have enough, we have enough thought... material for, for, like, <laughs> yeah. for a few years worth Take of shows. Take it on the road. Think, yeah. Do a road show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anyhow, you know, the invitation, it was just how beautiful. And at the same time, like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> like, mm, I'm fascinated, but do I want to go that far? So, yeah, it's kind of like I'll put my toe in the pool, but I don't want to put my whole foot in. Um, do I? And so now I'm just starting to get, I was getting comfortable with, you know, okay, why not? You know, it's a beautiful invitation. As long as you protect yourself spiritually, when you do these things, you just say their name three times. And she got a specific name even. I'm not going to say it now for, you know, privacy reasons for the Yeti and for myself. But it was beautiful. So you kind of just say the name in your mind or out loud, however you want to do it. And I just said, okay, I'm here. And, um, you know. If you want to connect with me through dreams or if there's a message you want to give me and you just kind of close your eyes and see if anything comes. And it's not going to be like a, a voice in your ear. It's just kind of a feeling. And so I decided to do that. And then, you know, what happens? We connect and you say, hey, do you want to come on the show then? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's what the invitation from that Yeti meant. Right. So I'm about to cry. It's so beautiful. Because I'm like, what? An invitation, a flower? I don't understand. Like, why would I talk to her? <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. Sure, I will. I'll talk with anyone. <laughs> but I'm like, but wait, what? I don't get what the invitation is. And then it's like I had to be ready to say, okay, yes, let's talk. And and then this happens. So then even before coming on the show, I'm like, okay, so-and-so. Uh, now the show's in place. And I have a feeling you had something to do with it, wink, wink. Anything you want to come through, just just say it through me about Yetis or Sasquatch or whatever you want. Yeah. So that's where we are. <laughs> oh, how wonderful. How wonderful. So have you got any feeling of perhaps what message, what that beautiful being wanted to wanted you to share I, you or transmit? What? 
I'm so happy you are asking that because that's a good reminder. I did literally ask uh, about a half hour before our, our meeting now, and I just tried to check in really quick and say, hey, <laughs> said the name three times. Uh, is there anything you want to bring through? And again, it was so subtle. It's almost imperceptible when it talks back to you, but you get good at really listening. And over you know 11 years of my spiritual growth here, I've gotten really good at listening, listening, listening to the intuition, the higher self. And in this case, trying out connecting with this gorgeous being. And so I, I said, okay, anything you want to bring through? And I didn't expect an answer. It's really hard to get sometimes, at least for me. And I just really listened. And I just got talk about just the enormous love coming from the heart space and how everyone needs to live from that. It's touching because it's so beautiful because it means... Not just love for each other, one-on-one, but yeah. love for all of life, all of life. Plants, animals, all of it. The sky, the water, you know, everything is a sentient being. Even the earth itself is a sentient being. It pulses and breathes. You can see it from space. You see uh, on instruments, they show the actual globe. Or, you know, I know a lot of people are into flat earth, but I, I still go with the globe. But it doesn't actually matter at the end of the day but it's what you believe is what you believe and then you grow and you have different beliefs if you're going to grow but you can actually see the you know the outline the profile of the earth the sphere pulsing in and out a little and it's like the earth is breathing it's just exquisite you know when you think of everything has is a sentient being you're listening to Vali on Yowie Central and you're on 94.9 Main FM And I do have actually a few quotes from different Native American tribes that I found on an excellent website that I think it's fun for anybody to go check out, ya-native.com. 
and it talks about North American tribes. And if you don't mind, I'll read some really short quotes of yeah, what they say to. about yeah. Sasquatch. Okay. And actually, I'm a big etymology person. Like I want to, I, in languages, I want to know where the origins of the words come from. And I have that for Sasquatch. I didn't look it up for Yowie. I'd really love to know what the origin for Yowie is uh, too. But anyway, when I was looking around for that, let me just see if I can just say real quick. There are two versions on that, depending on which one you want to go with. But basically, it was from the Northwest Pacific, one of the tribes, one of the languages so one of the tribes in around 1929, it was the Salishan language of the native uh, native language of the Pacific Northwest. And it's like Sak'ek, and it, it means a race of hairy man monsters. That's what it means. Now, if you go to the more anglicized website, like the Canadian Encyclopedia type things, they're going to say a different story. So they say still... 1930s, but this like it's a white man's interpretation of the Salish word, you know, sakets, and meaning wild man or hairy man. So either way, it comes from that. That's just a little, you know, aside. But now, what's really interesting is back to this website. We the author is covering all kinds of tribes, the northwest and west of the Rockies, and so with the Hopi, Sioux, Iroquois, northern. Athabascan. Uh, he starts off with the Lakota or the Western Sioux. And there, Bigfoot is called, Chi, and I hope I say it right, Chie Tanka. And Chie means elder brother, and Tanka means great or big. And the Sioux simply called him the big man, which actually I favor that to Bigfoot. I always, I don't know, I just thought Bigfoot was disrespectful for some yeah, reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you're materialized, you know, like a woman in meat market, you know, you're, you're reduced down to your foot. You yeah, know? That's <laughs> so yeah, here's yeah. this beautiful spiritual being, and I know it's the tracks, but you know, some don't leave tracks, they're interdimensional. Anyhow, yeah. um, one quote from somebody in the Lakota tribe said, I think the big man is kind of a husband of Unksa, the earth, who is wise in the way of anything with its own natural wisdom. Sometimes we say that this, that this one is a kind of reptile from the ancient times who can take a big hairy form. I also think he can change into a coyote. Some of the people who saw him did not respect what they were seeing, and they are already gone. Now, already gone I know, doesn't mean they, they, the, <laughs> the creature killed them. But anyway, <laughs> I thought that was very interesting that they are bringing in the reptile reference. And yes. we'll talk about that too. Maybe it's a part two or whatever. In Dolores Cannon's work, she talks about the phenomenon about screen memories. And this is in the book called that she has called The Custodians, which goes through detailed accounts of people who have had ET experiences. And mainly it kicks off with them noticing they have a, a missing chunk of time or like a time freezing happening. And in that somnambulistic state of trance, they go back and they see details and uh, screen memories where the last thing they remember, you know, before missing the time is like a big owl will fly over their head or you know some type of hawk and then when they go deeper into the trance state they find out that no this was like you know a, an alien that had an appearance that wouldn't have been palatable to the person or understandable and so they kind of just take that form to put you at ease or whatever it is they need to do anyhow that was a very interesting concept yeah but back to our uh, Native American quotes are just a couple more I'll mention. And then if there's time, I was going to touch on uh, another uh, nearby Sasquatch experience that happened in 2011, five miles from where I was. So one more, uh, a couple more quotes from Native American Indians, the Dakota. Okay, we had the Lakota, and now we'll go to Dakota. Um, they exist in another dimension from us, but can appear in this dimension whenever they have a reason to. See, it's like there are more 
there are many levels, many dimensions. When our time in this one is finished, we move on to the next. But the big man can go between. The big man comes from God. He is our big brother, kind of looks out for us. Two years ago, we were going downhill, really self-destructive. We needed a sign to put us back on track, and that's why the big man appeared. Then we have the Turtle Mountain Ojibwe in North Dakota, and they call, they call the Bigfoot Rugaru. And Rugaru appears in symptoms of danger or psychic disruption to the community. And I love that, catching it perfectly, psychic disruption. You know, that implies other forces are menacing with our minds to put us in a certain state, kind of like now, wink, wink. Yeah. Then we have uh, the, oh, and Rougarou, they believe, came from the French word for werewolf or loup-garou. And since the French had big influence on these this tribe. Then we have the Hopi, and some of the elders say the increasing appearances of Bigfoot are not only a message of warning to the individuals or communities to whom he appears, but to mankind at large. They see Bigfoot as a messenger who appears in evil times as a warning from the creator that man's disrespect for his sacred instructions has upset the harmony and balance of existence. To the Hopi, the big hairy man, in quotes, is just one form that the messenger can take. So that's it for the, the little excerpts from the Native Americans in North America. And then, if you want, I'll just tell you in like two sentences, uh, flashing forward again to September 11th, 2011, in Brevard, five miles away from where I had my sighting in 1984, I looked up to see, hey, any other accounts out there of what I saw in that area? And I found that a mother and daughter saw a nine-foot white furred creature outside their tent area. Uh, they could see it with some moonlight, and they were camping at Davidson River Campground in the Pisgah National Forest, just outside where I was. And there were eight other people in the group, but they didn't see it because they weren't you know, coming out of their tent. And then the, the women just said, oh, uh, did you see what I saw? Like they both went into their tent and were comparing notes. And they're like, yeah, yeah. And then apparently they just stayed in their tent. I, I, I don't know what I would have done, but I don't know that I would have just stayed in my tent. <laughs> but everything was okay after that. One other tidbit related that I researched now after the fact, after speaking with Silretta and getting these great insights, uh, I just thought, what else is in that area? And I don't know, are you familiar with the phenomenon happening in North Carolina? It's called the Brown Mountain Lights. Have you ever heard of that? Vaguely, but no, tell me about it, though. because I... Right, because I had not. And now I'm seeing that this whole encounter, I mean, not encounter the phenomenon of the Brown Mountain Lights is only... Uh, 88 miles away from where I had my Sasquatch experience. And it's a, it's a well-known legendary phenomenon. Apparently, the government's been out there twi three times to check it out, came away with nothing, like what it is, no conclusive ex explanation. Um, not that I trust the government. That's all another issue. However, <laughs> um, also the Appalachian State University, they are like dedicated, have a team dedicated to studying it and, and trying to figure out what it's, it's about. Also psychics and paranormal investigators, everyone's been out there, but nobody can quite put their finger on it. Now the brown light, mountain lights, they're called ghost lights. You know, they're an orb phenomenon happening in Morganton, North Carolina in the Linville Gorge area. And so there's, of course, the romanticized lore about the mysterious orbs over the forest. Again, it's a Pisgah forest. There was a war there. Oh, let me do this right. So according to uh, the Cherokee legend around 1200 AD, there was a great battle fought there in that area with, with the Cherokee and the, the Catawba Indians. And some they're saying the lights are, you know, Indian maidens still searching for their men who died in battle. Okay, 
<laughs> I, I'm not going to go with that. <laughs> However, <laughs> the physicality of it is some say that they're white, they're red, they're orange or yellow or blue. They can be seen, they're seeing like large balls like fire or little small candlelights of orbs, either floating near to the ground or rising up high up into the sky above the trees. And they say the best time to look at it is in, in the fall when the trees are, you know, when the leaves are gone, you know, you can see it much better. And supposedly there was a somewhat local, I think, bluegrass musician, Scotty Wiseman, who wrote a song about it. I haven't gone and listened to the song. I don't I don't know if it's cringeworthy or good, <laughs> but it's called The Legend of the, the Brown Mountain Lights. Oh, um, I might have to check it out. <laughs> the lights have been reported there for hundreds of years, and there's some YouTube, you know, things that you can find and, and see some images about it. I'd love to hear more about your YouTube channel. Lavender Sky Panther is the name of your, your YouTube handle. Can you tell the Yo Essential listeners a little bit about what you cover on, on your podcasts and some of the interesting, incredible phenomena that you've noticed in the skies? Thank you for that, Sarah. And sure, I would love to uh, expound a little bit on it. So uh, it turns out in 2018, there happened to be some kind of um, event that was just so extraordinary that happened above my home, uh, right right above the roof level. It sounded like a, a sonic bomb. And that, I just have to leave it right there for now. I'll keep it kind of gen- generic. But just know that it just uh, felt like something was really hitting the house. And it startled me enough that I thought, okay, you know, do do where do I go to be the safest? You know, what should I do? And this ties back into the spiritual aspect of things. You know, you can like flounder around in panic, like, you know, somebody about to be bitten by a shark and you're, you're just flailing around and splashing and like having no aim in life. Or you can kind of be calm and try to slow down your heart rate and (laughs) come up with a plan. And so in that moment, I felt like I was flailing at first, like, well, where do I go? You know, this is obviously something physical that's hitting the house. What should I do? And so then I'm like, you know what? I just need to take a moment, go within, deep breath, and ask, you know, the higher self, ask God, okay, what what's the plan of action here? What's the best thing to do? And so to my shock, it wasn't like, you know, head toward the bathroom or go to this doorway. It was look up. And I'm like, okay, thanks a lot. You can interchange God, universe, source in my book. It's all one. We're all connected. It doesn't matter. So I'm like, oh, thanks a lot, universe. Uh, that's not really helpful right now because I'm not going to go out and see uh, what might be physically hitting the house at this moment. And so I'm like, okay, uh, I'll, I'll, put, I'll, I'll take note of that. But it doesn't seem helpful, but okay. So long story short, like I stayed up all night to make sure nothing happened again. And I did find out what it was, but I can't really explain that right now. It's not quite appropriate, but just know it was a severe enough event uh, that caused me to go in a little bit of alarm. And through that came the message, look up. That said, I'm still kind of like, all right, I'm baffled. What does look up mean? Uh, I just have to, you know, again, put it back in that file folder in the back of the brain and leave it there for a while because I don't even understand what that means. So I just said, okay, show me what that means. And if not, not, you know, whatever. And and I did start researching online to see what the event was. And I, I figured it out through a very long process of six months. However, all that to say... Uh, I got my little aha moment that this is what look up means when I came out of a store into a huge parking lot and I was looking toward the east. Uh, The ocean was maybe only or a big bay, you know, it's only uh, maybe four miles away from where I was. And I look up over, over the sky in that direction and there is an enormous imprint of a triangle. I'm talking an equilateral triangle 
in the sky. And when I say imprint, you're not going to see like metal or anything. It was like a void. So like a darker blue than the rest of the sky behind it. Perfect triangle formed by a heavier, what I call cloaking material or like a plasma. When I say plasma, I'm just referring to something that's heavier than water vapor and doesn't just dissipate in the sky easily. It hangs around like glue. And so there's this thick substance. And if you guys go to my very first show, it's going to be rough around the edges because now I'm at show 75. So I've tried to get more polished in speech and everything else. I didn't know where any of this was going. But you will see uh, that triangle imprint in that very first show. And so I looked at it and and again, it's one of those, like if you see a Sasquatch, this doesn't compute. I'm looking at this thing, but uh, there's not supposed to be a perfect equilateral triangle in the sky, imprint or otherwise, what's going on? And so that kind of kicked off, you know, the whole thing of looking up. I'm like, aha, this is what look up means. There's more going on in our sky than we realize. Now I mentioned, I think to you off the side that I started my YouTube channel a year ago. Uh, just before the whole, uh, uh, I just say virus in quotes, episode started. So right away, about the second month in, I noticed that I was being heavily shadow banned. You know, it was like the absolute worst time to come out with a channel. I, as I see, like people talking on YouTube around like this last year was really bad. Um, what's what's, and what's so shadow banned? Uh, shadow banned is where you, for whatever reason, the censoring powers that be with the, with the YouTube platform uh they don't like your attitude or they don't like what you're talking about and so like i can go to comment on somebody else's youtube channel and i see it but no one else can so it's like my comment no one's ever going to see it right and it's also um when people want to subscribe it won't click and subscribe so i i saw my numbers going up subscriptions not that I'm even caring about the numbers. Let me step back a moment. For me, I started this, when I started this channel, it was look up, but it was also, is anyone else seeing this? I'm seeing a triangle in the sky. It's not just me. I mean, I stop people in the parking lot. Do you see what I'm seeing? And they're like, yeah. And they walk on. I'm like, <laughs> don't you care? Like, <laughs> to figure out what it is, they just no, pick up. But at least zero. I know they see it too. <laughs> right? It's not just me. They see it too. And so, um, but it was the type of thing that, again, serendipitous, people started who never would start talking to me about stuff like this, started to take interest when I maybe just said one little trigger word. And so I wanted a place to document what I was seeing. And it would take sometimes like an hour to tell somebody all the insights I had on it. So I needed to put it somewhere because enough people were starting to talk. I'm like, I can't keep repeating myself, you know. So let me just park it over here in a YouTube and I can just send them over there. That's, mm-hmm. that's why I did it. I'm fascinated about how did you come to the, the, the theory or the idea that it's, it's a craft, it's an alien craft, and it's cloaking in the sky? Oh, okay. Well, first of all, I don't know conclusively. I have a lot of options of what it could be. And to me, that's a better field to work with, a lot of field of possibilities, and not narrowing down too much focus on what it is until I absolutely know for sure what it is. What I do see, though, is this current so it's a perfect triangle so you know some type of human hand or technology is involved in that sense i don't know that it's just a military thing like a human military venture or it could be very well be an et craft i mean not craft et made tech let's just say because at this point when i see an imprint i'm not sure and the imprint is uh let me back up again the the plasma you know forming 
forms around it to create the void of the shape, if you know what I mean. And if, yeah. if you guys go look at that very first show, you'll see what the imprint is. So that's kind of like a foggy, you know, haze around it, forming the, the perfect lines. Um, so you're seeing the imprint and not an object. And actually, at that point, the moment I saw that in the sky, I, you'll see it in the show, whoever goes and looks. I, I just thought of uh, the way bakers, they take a, either like in this case, a brownies, and I, I cut out a triangle and put it over and then shook some powdered sugar over it, confectioner's sugar, and mm -hmm. took the, 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 you know, the little blocking, the template away, and then you see the imprint. So like sugar around it forming this imprint of the, the triangle. I, for little tongue in cheek, I put that in the first show. The fact that it's perfect symmetry shows intelligent design. Well, intelligence by who? Either humans or ETs, because I fully believe they exist and I have absolute backup confirmation of why I believe that now. And so, or a combination of both. But when I see the imprint, what does it remind you of? An imprint is a void. And what is the void? It might not be an object. It could also be like a hole or a portal. Mm -hmm. It could be a film. They have films up in space that spreads out like reflective film. That's documented. That's like common knowledge. And so this could be just what's happening with film, or it could be a portal or some kind of sensor equipment up there. I don't know. But it also could very likely be cloaking craft. And I'm kind of leaning toward that, like an interdimensional craft where you're not going to see the metal, but you might just see the imprint. Because of the way the plasma is, I like to call tufted, it like bunches up in places, usually at the corners or at specific edges of like these really clean, you know, straight lines, which again, don't occur up in natural clouds or in the sky. And so those are my, my theories right now. You know, portal, imprint of, of film or some other kind of tech, something interdimensional we just don't understand, or a cloaking craft. And that was my introduction to, yeah, look up. <laughs> you know, I don't know too many people have come to me and said, hey, did you see that triangle in the sky, right? Mm -hmm. So that was a very clear message, you know. And it was, it was big as day in this huge parking lot, you know, hundreds of people coming and going through there. And I think I'm the only idiot. <laughs> I say that fondly of myself. <laughs> stopping and taking a picture of this, right? And so then that led into five key topics that I thought, you know, if I could just document these five strange phenomena I'm starting to see, so the kicker, you know, the kickoff was with that triangle. Then I started seeing um, these popcorn clouds, I call them. They're like stratosirious, but way too low. And they just kind of on the spot show up. It's just like something is generating them right there local. That's what's so strange about it. You could see them forming and they mask out the sun. And I'm going to put the sun in quotes and I'll get to that in a minute because it's not really a true sun. I'll get to that too. Um, and so I started to see other things come, usually coming out of a store and looking up or whatever. Then I saw uh, something that looked like, like four studio lights, like um, backlighting through the clouds shining down. Uh, from the direction of the sun and again I'm like that's just too perfect that has a design to it that's like tech what's it doing in front of the sun all that whole show starts talking about the idea of a solar simulator or artificial sun when I first heard people I was looking around to see if I could find out what this phenomenon was on YouTube and I started finding other earth and, and sky watching channels and they're talking about this and I'm like these people are flipping crazy <laughs> you know, like there's no artificial sun how can like, that be possible <laughs> What the heck? No, yeah. these people, I'm not going to say nuts, but, you know, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but then I took a step back and I'm like, hey, Barley, let's get a grip here. Remember, you, you have to be open to everything, you know? Why not be open? Be open-minded for a minute. Let, let's suspend our belief that, okay, 
there's no such thing as an artificial sun. Well, why not? We're talking about there's no such thing as Yahweh's or Sasquatch yet. We know they're there. <laughs> yeah. So let's just pause a minute. I have noticed in the last decade, our sun and living in Miami, Florida and traveling around the world and coming back, I'm very aware of my environment always. And of course, I grew up with the sun. I mean, it was everything. It was beautiful lying in the yard, getting sun on the skin. And it was always a warm, soft, warm yellow, lightly pulsing, beautiful. You could look at it a little bit without being blinded. Now the sun is white. It's fixed. It doesn't pulse. And it is so glaring at times you can't even look at it. And there are other times where you glimpse it and it's a perfect circle. And that would never be with the original sun as well. And so now I'm like, wow, these guys were right. Because now that I've been observing for, for a long time now, I'm seeing all of these signs. And again, I've got 75 shows now. I thought I would only ever do five <laughs> that really show evidence of there being something more to it. And in that show too, I show, I looked up patents, you know, you, you want proof. People want scientific or other proof. Go look at patents. They're easy to find on the internet. And I found some from 1961 and I put it in that show. Um, it's called, um, Illusions, uh, the sun is not alone, illusions and other objects, something like that. Anyway, there is a patent from early 1960s and it shows a drawing and it shows the four lenses that I could see in the sky. So, you know, when you see it and you know where to look, you know, you know it's possible. And that was Vali. How amazing is she? Hopefully she'll be back on soon. And that's all we've got time for this week, folks. Yowie Central will be back, same time, same place, on 94.9 Main FM. And I'll catch you next week. Out in the cold, out in the dark, something's lurking at the edge of the park. People be warned, people beware, there's a storm on the rise and it's covered in hair. Hear him cry, hear him howl, looking for someone to disembowel. Claws like a hook, eyes like coal, feet so big they're gonna crush your soul. They call him Sasquatch.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.